1: Greetings and welcome to a Thursday edition of the
0: Shotgun Start. It is July 7th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. I am, uh, it was a nice morning, wake up, you got the coffee golf, just oh, yeah. a palate, just a palate cleanser given the world of golf the last few weeks. I feel like this, this two week period that we have here is just going to be a delightful kind of, uh. Divergence in a way from uh from what we've maybe. had to talk about. Maybe. I mean I i think maybe. there'll
1: be actually be golf to care about like that that like that will match it exceed that. But I think those conversations with all these people in the same place and with the media scrutiny that comes with the major championship will still be ongoing and still ever present and still a sizable portion of the week. But at least we have real golf to that uh, kind of elevates above that at the same time. So, uh, this is our last podcast from God willing, God willing, God willing that everything goes according to plan. We don't forget our passports or anything like that. Uh, this is our last podcast from us soil. I cannot wait. We are going to Scotland tomorrow night. That's why it's an odd, like Tuesday, Thursday, that combined with the 4th of July holiday here, we made it a Tuesday, Thursday week. Um, we are. I'm, what are you most excited about for Scotland? What are you most excited about? I mean, we're going for the Open. We're going to play a little bit of golf around it, but mostly for the Open. Is there something that you just kind of it's It's. I guess that's hard to say. What's your favorite kid? But what are you most excited about getting over there?
0: Yeah, I uh, I think I'm most excited. I'm, I'm a little sad. I'm lo- sad that I'm losing my have never gone to the UK thing you know that's that's been a fun like fun that. fun little fact to carry around trot out there you know i like i like being self-deprecating i like calling myself a fraud for never yep. going um so you know the that, sad that that, that, that i'm i'm a little bit losing that i'm a little sad of but i think uh you know, Jeff Shackelford posted some pictures on on Instagram and Twitter last night, and I just was looking at the looking at Gull, and I was like, "Ah, God, that looks delightful." I I try. People always ask me, like, "What do you do before you go to a golf course?" And I actually like I don't read anything really. I I've I uh, Bernard Darwin's book about the about. Golf in the British Isles. I might bring that on the plane and read it, but like I try to consume as little as possible about any courses, so that when I go there, I don't have any like preconceived notion in my head um, about them, and I can just kind of think about it myself. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of uh, what I'm uh, looking forward to. I, I think uh, it's it's. it's just gonna be delightful it, it the other thing I, i'm excited to i haven't been out of america since my honeymoon i'm excited to be out of america too like i i like the thing too about scotland and I, you know with we're staying in the town of saint andrews and i know this is going to be like the most anti saint andrews trip like I, i'm the next time i go out there i'm gonna try and go when in the fall when there's less tourism maybe even the winter um but like, I like being in a town and being able to walk around. And yeah. I also, I, I don't think we're going to have a car for the first week. I like not having a car. I like well, having I, to be on foot. I, I like you
1: know, that. I was getting my hair cut this morning, getting all prepped and ready. You know, I asked for the speed. So I didn't get caught having to go into town and get the speed. Um, and I was thinking <laughs> about it in the barber chair. Uh well, we've gone, we did the convertible, we couldn't figure out how to work at the first major of the year. The next major we were at, we did the, you know, the bighorn Ram that sounded like a monster truck. And this Don't one- Don't forget
0: the bikes at the PGA The bikes that. at the
1: PGA, yeah. This one, we're, I think, avoiding it at least until maybe the week after. And I'm just anxious to see- If we can drive on the left side of the road uh, and all that stuff and how that may go and and what car we might end up with. Hopefully it's not a bighorn Ram if those even exist over there because I I think we'd be in trouble with that. Uh, You know what I'm struggling with big time (laughs) is the hours. Everybody, all these people, all our great friends, Scotland, UK taking care of us, like helping us out, directing two idiots on their way, sending us times in the military time. It takes me like five minutes to figure out what, you know, 1830 means and 1400. It's like, it just, I know that's how most of the world works. It's just the calculation takes a while for me to convert it. I'm I'm so
0: happy you've been handling the planning. I've just been, you know, I've been like the silent, uh, you know, I just... I haven't really done that much of anything I, I would have preferred to just show up and, and just gone yeah, and would, gone gone by by the seat of our pants, you know, but, you know, well, the little sure. bit of planning uh, has been good. I, I, you know, the other thing I, my wife was asking, like, what's Scottish cuisine? Like, what mm. what are we looking at for food? you're you're maybe one of the pickiest eaters in the world it's
1: not true that's not it true it is true. discerning taste i have discerning I think, taste i think i think don't Will like and I chicken or your bo- agreed. what was it your roast beef or your what's the, your just- palate, the beef sandwiches you drench in like just disgusting gravy like i there's a couple things i don't like i'm discerning about it i'm picky that's bullshit i, I want to <laughs> check out the favorite- indian place we want to go to i want to check that out in, uh, my favorite thing,
0: uh, my favorite thing, is that Brendan looks at his food like he's a uh, like a, a fourth grader. He like looks at it, sniffs it, and then he'll just make these reactions. And just, that's like, not true. It. Oh yeah, it is. That's such a false claim.
1: You're just. I don't think I've ever done that <laughs> in get my one, life.
0: You're i I'm gonna get one of these interactions on video this All week. Right.
1: Well, like I know we usually don't like to talk too much about ourselves, our travels and our, you know, kind of excitement about them. But uh, this is once, you know, a, a unique once in a lifetime, I suppose, for us. The enormity of his hit me that we're like there for the 150th Open. And I know that's like maybe not St. Andrews at its most authentic, but it is a massive event. And I'm most excited for being just in Scotland the days around it. And then of course, being in town, like that's just absolutely my wheelhouse. I've been watching so much of it. It's almost overwhelming. And you're going to get a lot of treacle and romanticism about it. And I just feel like maybe this is the one week where it like really applies, right? It really applies just based on the enormity. And and I think like Tiger talking about how it's, you know, maybe it's probably maybe his last one there. I I think there's just, there's a lot that's hitting me. And then sort of the enormity of this this next 10 days or so uh given the time and place so uh grateful to be going pumped to get over there uh, yeah we'll the there. um
0: i've been doing this podcast it releases tomorrow for the on the friday um i've been working on it for the last few months not really working on it it's just like whenever i have a passing conversation <laughs> with someone i record well, it's not it Not it <laughs> um, but i i, I talked to talk to six People about uh, about their first visit to the Old Course, and just hearing, you know, just hearing people talk about it, they, they, I think it's way different than Augusta too, in the sense of like the way people revere um, the place and the way you can just see it in their faces how they light up when they talk about uh, uh, about the Old Course and, and St Andrews in general. I uh, I can't wait, and you know the golf course. Let's be real. It, it occupies, I think, four golf courses in order to make it work. It has, it has, uh, You know, it uses the Himalayas, uh, the Jubilee, the New, and then they have a tee that's out of bounds on another hole. Uh, so it's off property to make it work for this open. So you know, it's it's stretched, and uh, any more distance advances, and and I don't know if it can even host anymore. You know. Well, Will Zalatoris is talking, what is he touting his new driver with the that
1: the miss hits? It's going whatever six yards farther, but also on the miss hits, it's it's it self corrects or something like that. I, I don't know So there was a lot of uproar
0: around that, but we'll see how these guys treat it next week. What's you know? what the the uproar about the equipment just continuing to get that's, better? I saw some people were like, you know, what's he doing? It's like, that's what his job is. His job's to. Get the best equipment he can yeah, use to it's win tournaments. Yeah, not a a
1: tournament. Taurus. Yeah, right.
0: That's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, like
1: he's one of those guys we talk about where like his talent. Th- there's probably be guys off. far less talented than him <laughs> that are, are pulling up closer than they should be because of the equipment to him. You know uh, that are approximating his talent because of equipment. So that's um, the thing.
0: He'd be far better off if uh, if if everything shrunk down and and got harder to hit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Where should we start? I, I know we've
1: been talking now for about ten minutes about our trip to Scotland, but uh, do you want to talk about Rory McIlroy?
0: Yeah. Why I thought not? This what was is
1: the news of? I a don't week? know. It's the the week. Whatever you the, want to talk about. A lot, of, a lot of barbs, and you got Billy Billy Ho and Keith Mitchell and others, and rightfully so. I'm not saying in a, that that they're getting their this... shots up. Yeah, but they're they're saying, Get the hell out and don't come back, you know, with some more harsh words. I thought Mitchell sort of said the quiet part out loud about having like title sponsors are, are gonna get trash fields fourteen times a year. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean that is sort of what's gonna happen. That's the issue. That's why the tour is fighting to keep them. Um and it's like more it's more money for less players. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that is sort of been the the, the, the dynamic that needed to be corrected, it felt like. Um, but but he had some other good points that were attacking Liv. But Rory uh, spoke to the BBC. I think this was at Adair Manor. And it, I don't know if it just got lost in the shuffle, but it's really kind of surfaced and pushed in the last day or two. Where I can read it word for word, but more or less, the thrust of it is, is I don't know if he's a battered prince. He's an exhausted prince he's a prince that's uh ready to have i don't know if there was you know how they had the the peace talks the whatever the, the Yalta conference things like this we have the adair manor conference and there was some sort of peace talks in the back room might have been jp mcmanus i wouldn't be surprised i'm uh, totally uninformed but i'm just like guessing that maybe patty harrington harrington has been really diplomatic about this i think he feels pretty strongly um Probably pretty pro-European tour, but also feels pretty strongly about a lot of his contemporaries going to get their money and is not bothered at all by the Saudi element of it. He could have talked to them. It just feels like there was a cooling off at Adair Manor with Rory in terms of his position. He said, it's messy. I wish it wouldn't have gotten that messy. In hindsight, I think there were probably steps that were missed that wouldn't have made it as messy. Who's he talking about there? Steps that were missed. Seems like a
0: PGA a, tour.
1: Yeah, see, I would think. Big J, uh, that wouldn't have made it as messy. I think in the long term, it will make the game better. Right now, there's this disruption that's happening. With disruption comes change and force change. And I think this has just sort of forced the tour's hand a little bit. They're going to adapt. Have to adapt and change. And I think that's what they're going to have to try and do. Speaking in the sort of third person now not that he is the tour a lot of times he talks about we we it's like they now uh just in this interview it could have changed I think that needs to happen there's so much chat about the where the money is coming from and Saudi and everything else I would suggest Rory in the past has been a voice saying he doesn't comfortable with where the money is coming from Mm -hmm. they sponsor so many other things and They're sport. all over sport. Yeah. This is Lee Westwood's point a month and a half ago. I understand people's reservations with everything, but at the same time, if these people are serious about investing billions, at the same time, what a transition. These people are serious about investing billions of dollars into golf. I think ultimately that's a good thing. All the narrative is that it isn't good. It's splitting the game instead of everyone coming together everyone coming together. I think everyone needs to try to come together a little more. Um I get into it, you know, he starts talking about. The guys who have gone, he's like, you know, I understand why guys went. They're in the latter stages of this career. If I was in their position, I'd have to think about doing the same thing. Um, and he, he ends with, there's a difference of opinion. I would have done things differently. But at this stage, if you go over and play on a different tour, then go play on a different tour. Having your cake and eating it too, resentment. Let's uh, say within the membership. He doesn't resent anyone. These guys are my friends and they're still going to be my friends, regardless of decisions they make. He seems to be advocating... For some talks, which,
0: you know, give it go ahead. It's it felt and I got to I got to preface this then getting lo- grenades lobbed at me. I'm not getting paid by Saudi Arabia. Live live depressed as shit as a, a father of a daughter about the idea of professional golf being run by by Saudi Arabia, a country with, you know, bad women's rights. A, you know, awful. Um, but I'm, I'm just telling things that the way I see it as I try and do every pod here. Um, you know, one of the things we try and do is not have any constrictions on our voice. So with that being said, the way I feel about Rory's comment is that he is a man that has realized that they lost the battle. This is a, You know, and this was live lost a battle when Phil's comments came out like that was a small battle that that live lost. You know, they did not get off the ground as quickly as they wanted to because of those, you know, and with as much hoopla with players. Here's an example. They've gotten off the ground. They have momentum there. Paul Casey is on board. There are likely more players on board after the open. There are likely more players on board after the FedEx Cup. Rory knows this. He has to. He has to know who's going. I'm guessing. And he probably knows that there are some big names that remove, you know, the way he talked about it after Centurion about how like the the field and who was playing there versus who was playing in Canada. That tone changed dramatically after Portland versus John Deere. And I'm guessing he knows what's coming at Trump Bedminster. And I'm guessing he knows that there's more coming after the FedEx Cup. And this is, sounds like a man that knows like, hey, what we tried to do didn't work and we lost this tranche. But like the reality of the situation is that this is a huge, you know, the fallout and the way this is going to play out is going to be over the next few years, right? It depends on how these products evolve. Like it's not over at all. Um, As much as I said, you know, I think I, I said it's kind of over in terms of the PGA Tour completely staving them off, like lives here to stay. Rory knows that it's here. Um, and now he's looking at it from how can this all work together? And, you know, how could the tour? I, I think realistically, the tour needs to go to plan B of like, OK, how do we salvage our tour as a premier golf product at this point and how do we over the next five years render live irrelevant that's what they need to start to focus on rather than like squashing live because it's already over <clears throat> yeah
1: yeah i i get like well look I, I think you're you're critical you're just as critical as you are trying to be realistic right and i think when sometimes you try to be realistic People got worked up and calling you whatever, getting paid by Live. Like, and not to mention a lot of that came from a podcast with Garrett, right? Um, where it was Garrett. I wouldn't suggest Garrett's empathetic to Live or wants them to succeed. He was just on the ground and reported what he G- saw. Garrett. You know? Garrett sent uh, me
0: a message about getting credentialed, or sent both of us a message about getting credentialed that the U.S. Women's AM. And I was like, is this like a palate cleanser? And he goes, Yeah, it is a palate cleanser. I need to feel good about golf again. After I live.
1: I guess my, my whole thing with Rory and the whole partnership is like Greg Norman is still the head of it. And I just feel like when you talk about coming to the table literally literally or figuratively, like I I don't know. Like I just I find it hard for to, to envision a scenario where Norman, like they they acquiesce to anything with Norman, anything that's other than hostile or making fun of Norman. I think he really makes it hard for them to want to work with them. I, that's not even addressing the Saudi part. I think the Saudi part, if we're being um, cynical about it, they, is, would have they'd have no issue, right? They would probably have no issue. The Saudi has been nice PR cover for them to say, you know, these guys are getting sports washing and uh, you know, whether they believe it or not, they, I, but I think like getting in getting restarting with Greg Norman and trying to figure out how to work talks with him uh, just feels like such a non-starter right now for me. Uh, but maybe that's not the, you know, that's such a small piece of, of trying to get these two sides together. And do they need to come together? Will they come together? The OWGR still feels like the elephant in the room, right? Like, they can neutralize it that way. I know the majors can come in and vote on their behalf and, and certify it, but it still feels like kind of the way that's going to neutralize live the most powerful way.
0: I think you just hit on something. Um, and it's always easier to look back in hindsight, but I think all of, I think we were pretty consistent about saying you probably should take the call. Um but this is the issue with when you play hardball and don't don't even acknowledge the existence of somebody. And when they need stuff from you, when you have the leverage, when you have the cards, it's much easier. Like, even if you just hear them out to hear what they have to say, what they're doing, what they're up to, you might glean something that might help you protect yourself from them. Um, Monaghan, not picking up the phone, or responding at all to norman a yeah, but but if made they had norman, the
1: leverage maybe they thought they didn't need to acknowledge them or talk take the maybe call they didn't they but just a, thought they somebody, had such leverage
0: if somebody's coming into the sport with billions of dollars right you need to take the call that's your like fiduciary responsibility That's just a a, a complete leadership failure you know you take the call and at the bare minimum, what does it cost you an hour? Or you you have a meeting and it costs you an hour and, you know, you walk away and say, okay, they got nothing. But you might also have said, okay, well, you know, they kind of have something and, and we need to take this seriously. And with that, like the other thing you have is that they have come to you wanting something for you, from you, right? Versus now... Monaghan hasn't taken the call. He's been a dick. He's been an asshole. But to Norman, so Norman. Who's an asshole? Yeah, ass- I mean, yeah they're, they're both totally assholes.
1: They're both awful. And not a serious
0: person. He's just well, fell into the right spot. Here's the thing, though. When Norman needed something, Monaghan wasn't. And Norman, as we've seen from his social media, is petty as shit. Yeah. He he does not forget that the Tiger didn't answer his letter, that Monahan <laughs> didn't take his call what rory said about the the wins, you know everything he does is petty so by not taking his call now that now that norman has the leverage they are going to get anything out of the
1: uh, out of them anything i think he has leverage i think he has some yeah yeah he has leverage he has a lot
0: more yeah tons he's of got- leverage the european tour ban didn't even work like he's got like that ban until the court case is decided you mean those guys can play European tour events. His band didn't work at all. Like the whole plan has like fallen apart-, apart. This and this is I I just I think I think Rory's a realist and this is probably where he's landed. Uh I think obviously there could have been a lot of talks going on. And I think I think the other thing is is like those guys were all together, live guys, tour guys, yeah. and it's what we talked about. Like those live guys are not going to say a bad word about it. The experience they're getting paid. And I think like we talked about like the Portland event down the stretch felt like a real golf tournament. And I'm that's that's the Portland. other thing about it is that like it's a lot it's tons of money and they put together something that had a semblance of a real tournament at the end. And before anybody gets in my fucking mentions about it, if you didn't watch the event, oh uh, like I it doesn't feel real. Did you watch it? No. Then how the fuck do you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I um This is again, we don't find this palatable. Like, it's not like necessarily like a great thing. I'm sick of talking about it, but Rory's comments feel like a notable, monumental, significant shift. Now, could he come back at his open press conference and be like, uh, you know, F these guys, it's blood money, sports washing. This league is like, we're going to drive them into the ground or try to. Yeah, maybe he was vulnerable or something. He just got out of the room with whoever at Adair Manor and was feeling benevolent, but, uh, it feels like a significant change in tone from the most vocal and entrenched sort of leader for the PGA tour. Um, Yeah. I guess, can I say my only issue with you, instead of calling you, you know, Saudi, a live paid by live, please. My thing like, and this may be what I, my own personal connotation, like when you talk about it as a startup and I know it is a startup in a way that is exploiting sort of the institutional, power that's already there. It's exploiting those vulnerabilities. I just feel like for me, startup connotes connotes something where the ideas and talent and people are more valuable and they don't have the funding and they're working out of their garage or they don't have the best HR department and they don't have like, and they don't have all these things. And of course then they get funding and then they scale up and all these things. But startup for me over the digital media space in the last 15 years, Like it means like you are grinding some guys that have great ideas and great talent and are really smart. And of course there are startups that are full of bullshitters and hucksters and frauds. We work. (laughs) But like for me, like I just feel like that's like too benevolent and glorifying of guys who basically had all the money advantage and ripped off an idea. And I know that like part of being a startup is exploiting the vulnerabilities of the institutional power. But like, They started with basically the endless amount of money, an endless pit of money, and they could fuck around and mess up in any which way they wanted before they. That and that's why they've succeeded because the players aren't going there because they find it innovative or they find it competitive or whatever else. They're going there because of the funding and the money, and so that's my and my only bone to pick with you is like, and that may be my own holdup on like how I what I connote and think of as a startup is. I just feels to me like it should be. Grinding without the cash and then getting the cash because your ideas and talent are so
0: strong. It's, it's a, you know, that's, that's, I think it's a fair critique, but I, I would look at it as like, this is like a 25 person operation that's completely messing up a, a 750 person operation. The other thing yeah, sure. is when, when you look at some, just let's just use Uber as an example, right? Uber raised a shitload of money truckloads of money yeah and then and then flooded flooded markets and 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 took on taxicab companies that had no means to compete with the amount of money that they poured into door-to-door transportation in those marketplaces right like they you had these taxi companies scrambling to build like it was so you know living through it in a living in a major city in I was working for tech startup at the time and watching what taxis were doing. Taxis were attempting to all of a sudden get together and build an app to compete with the Silicon Valley Valley based startup that had its own engineers and everything. Like that's the thing. That's why the tour is really, I think they're, they have screwed up royally by effectively trying to copy the Saudis plan with the, with the structure, the no cut, everything like I think like, sure, it's a step in the right direction, but like you're copying them and they have more money than you. You're not going to be able to win that fight. Like it has to be rooted. Like their, their model of competition has to be like, I, I wrote this in a tweet today, but like at the end of the day, they are like a fat boxer right now and uh, a lean ready to fight prize fighter is challenging them for the title and guess what they got to get in the gym and start cutting some dead weight and they got a lot of organizational dead weight with like the various tours that they separate that they support through the pga tour and i am not saying cut everything but you need to take a hard look and decide and maybe it's a pause maybe it's saying "Listen." We have an existential threat. We have an existential crisis. And right now, you know what? Like, I'm sorry, guys, on the Champions Tour, but we're going to pause next year. We need that money. We need the resources to battle this. Hey, you know what? Latin America and Canada was a really good idea for us, really great idea for us, um, when we were the only show in town. But right now, subsidizing... Those two tours with our, our revenue, that doesn't make much sense. It makes a ton of sense to have the Corn ferry Tour. You have to have the Feeder League. But you know what? Those those smaller tours, the Champions Tour, they don't make much sense. And guess what? When you cut those, all of a sudden you got a lot more money. You got sponsors of those events that you can feed into the tours that are revenue generators. I know the Corn Fairy is not a revenue generator, but it's ex- essential to the meritocracy and the quality of your big tour. So, what you need to do right now is not say, oh, we're just going to throw a bunch of money at three events or whatever the hell that one proposal was. And like, you need to get lean. You need to get in fighting shape and get ready to box these guys because, like, this isn't over necessarily. Like, the next three years, like, you lost the initial battle. Now, the next three years is going to be about how can you drastically reform to prohibit them from becoming the most popular, the most watched tour in golf? Because when that happens, when you lose that, it is over.
1: Yeah, I I think there's a realistic outcome in the OWGR armed with the OWGR thing, which I don't think is resolved yet. I think that's the way the majors could have their say without banning players. They could just say no. We're not going to vote to certify these guys, right? And and um, these guys are all going to fall out. I mean, I'm sorry, well, it's going to happen. And so it, this is that. So that that's there's a way over the next two to three years, like you're talking about, that the PGA Tour sort of stifles it, and we the Saudis could lose interest. I'm not suggesting they're not committed. They seem very committed,
0: but I just think at this point they're so close. When they would have lost interest is when they had no proof of concept. Phil at this was, point, yeah. they have proof of concept. You know, that's is the issue. But if these
1: guys, all of the majors all side with them and these guys' careers more or less end at the biggest stages in the on the game, like their careers are over except for DJ and whoever else has a few lifetime exemptions then like it starts the, the battle starts to, the tide starts to turn over the next couple of years. And and like the tour's not losing everybody. Like there are commitments and, and Rory and Justin, I think maybe for that now all changes too. Yeah.
0: That, I mean, also. Rory's tone. Rory's tone was super interesting from somebody who's been like, it, it it almost was resigned to the fact that he might go play. I'm not putting words in his mouth at all, but like, I kind of watched that and was like kind of in the back of my head and this was just a small thought like, you know, is like, is he is he 100 percent committed at this point?
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think
0: I, so. If you don't ban these guys, hear me out here. If you don't ban these guys and they don't get OWGR points. Yeah. Then they have to come play events.
1: They have to play like 35 events a year, 30 events a year. If if they want to
0: play in majors.
1: If they want to do well, yeah.
0: So, in a way, for the tour, they aren't going to look at it this way. The players, I think the, the, the big thing is that the players that didn't jump will be really pissed if it went this way. But if you think about it, if you don't ban them and you allow them to come play, come gallivant around, it gives you time without completely you know severing ties with said players that go and with understanding the context there are more going yeah i
1: guess my, my yeah the thing i would say is like it nukes it immediately nukes 14 of your events or in this case this year 10 like
0: are nukes, they doing you a favor in the long but run
1: it's, but it's almost like like what? What? How could the John Deere be nuked any more than it kind of already was? Right, right. Like, like who would they prevent? Did the band prevent anyone from playing the Portland event instead of the John Deere? No, the John Deere didn't have anybody really to begin with. That you know what I'm saying? Uh it, Canadian Open, yes. Probably a few others down the line, yes. It could have prevented. It, Scotty Scheffler will play wherever opposite. Ricky Fowler will play the Rocket Mortgage still instead of the Trump Bedminster event. So do you you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of agreeing with you. Like the argument that you can't you have to ban them because all, then all, you're automatically wiping out 14 events. Well, those events
0: are already kind of the they've weak already ways they already were yeah. wiped out before they you know saying. before Live before yeah, Live they, they were nothings, right? Yeah. And yeah. here's the other thing. I think like what has not been seen from Live. Is and what do we love? Like, what makes the majors special? What we we've talked about the players being a great tournament. What makes the players different than most PGA Tour events? What's
1: uh, just the the familiarity with it, the field? What do you mean? The fifth, so what, the what marketing are the, typically the boy?
0: majors, majors, and let's just use the players and Riv all have in common. And this week's Genesis, perfect example. What
1: stakes familiarity?
0: Good golf course. Yeah. Good field. Really good, great field. So when you think about that, and like a, an intense competition. Yeah. All right. So that that's those are the golden goose's of of golf, right? Is when you have the intersection of those. To me, live seems to think that the golf course does not matter one bit. And it might not for their business model. But if you're the tour, you need to look at and say, hey, we want to have the fiercest competitions on the best courses. Like that, I think, is the way you have to approach this. Cut the dead weight and just lean in on we're going to have the best competitions. We're going to groom the best players. If you want to be the best player in the world, this is where you have to be. You're not yeah. going to get this there, and that's what you lean into. You don't lean into John Deere, like I, I. This is speaking of somebody who's been there multiple times. I'm
1: not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that they'll lean into that. I, I know you're not. Not
0: yeah. But just
1: I am. Anyways,
0: all right. But let, but that's what I'm saying. It's like if you got to put a line in the stand and say this is our identity as a tour, and right now. It feels like the tour actually has no identity. Well, they yeah, are I like, they're caught. They're, they're caught half trying to be live, half bylaws, trying to be. Yeah. yeah. Caught between they, membership
1: sur- servicing as many members than caught between survival. They're like caught in between trying to figure it out, which, you know, it's a relatively, they should have been better prepared for sure. It's still a new challenge, but it's, the, they should have been better prepared.
0: in a weird way the tour that has all the years of legacy history and everything is actually the one in this battle that doesn't know what it is yeah yeah and that is maybe the biggest problem that they face is that they don't have an actual identity and an identifiable product
1: Hmm. i think it's identifiable i'm just not sure it's good Maybe too. That could also be the issue with the FedEx Cup and all that. So um, anyways, I just, my only thing is I just want to be careful that we're not glorifying the, the, they have an endless pit of money. I think sometimes the way we speak of them is kind of glorifies their ideas and and talent. And I'm not saying they're all talentless, but you know, they've got a great advantage and that's all the cash in the world. And that's why they're succeeding. The players are going there purely because of the money, not because of, anything else, not because of the competition or the tour or the style of play or the courses. It's purely because of the money. And that's why they're succeeding. And, uh, they've used it to exploit.
0: So they of have the, they have an identity is what you're saying. Money. Well, yeah,
1: the identity is money and they've exploited sort of a player's thirst for more money and, uh, and a vulnerability that the tour had. So, um, all right. You know what a vulnerability we will not have in Scotland? Clothing yeah waterproofness windproofness uh we will be locked and loaded thanks to our friends at zero restriction uh we are calling the summer school in scotland and it is all thanks to zero restriction they uh they've been supporters of the fried egg from day one really this be dratty the the parent company summit um we've got to know them now for what five years is that how long we go back with the uh, mm-hmm. ZR and the dratty guys um And this is sort of like a really unique experience for us. We're really grateful to them for their support. Uh, We can't wait. They're going to be over there with us. Um, And we have a promo code. I should note that at the top, Zero Restriction. You go to uh, zerorestriction.com, use promo code SGS25, you get 25% off uh, anything you want there. So uh, they have us all set. they're, They're going to be in the merch tent. They've got the official rainwear of the President's Cup. They'll have you know, logoed 150th open stuff. Uh, if you want that, um, I would just suggest like, we know we've gotten to know these people behind this company. It's not a company that was a giant apparel company and said, hey, I also want to add, you know, you know, I see there's a market for waterproofs and a market for kind of outerwear or hybrid, you know, hoodies like the the Tyson pullover hoodie like that, that's half and half. It's not, it's windproof. It's, it's a performance piece. Like, this was what they were made to do. Like, they started from this. This was their specialty. This is their expertise. And they didn't just add it on the back end on this behemoth that also makes, you know, whatever, tees and any other random uh, sporting goods. Like, they are – this is their specialty. This is their go-to. If you want some outerwear, you want your windproof, waterproof – They have the best technology. They have the best design. Uh, That's why the President's Cup captains both shows them as their outerwear providers. Um, We'll be kind of sharing a few different items we have over there. And guess what? This is legit. I'm very happy about this. We have a British open pool or an open pool, whatever you want to call it, coming. We'll push it out Sunday night. Will Knights has a couple good, some real good, uh, uh, questions categories maybe a, a play ball with the batsman mark leishman as a question and others uh but the winners they're giving away a bunch of uh zr product so cam like, young versus leash versus who's the other one uh wrigley some guy named wrigley they're qualified <laughs> <laughs> so i mean it's our usual uh sgs pool but ZR, the prizes are going to be a bunch of I think we should put like, Brooksy in there since he his failed baseball career. I mean, we could do that. We could do that. Uh, like legit coats, ZR, uh, Z2000 jacket, like really, really primo, waterproof stuff, windproof stuff, some vests. So they'll be giving away some very expensive, good stuff for uh, as prizes. So join the open pool. You can go to zerorestriction.com, use the promo code SGS, peruse around. I think like it's, it's, Lifetime guarantee of waterproofness. It's it's like this is what they do. They're the best in the business at it. And we don't say that just because it's, you know, a paid partner. Like we've gotten to know them and this is what what they focus on. So pumped to get to Scotland and pumped to be stocked up uh, with our, our ZR gear. All right, look out for that pool Sunday night. All right, let's talk about golf. We did a bunch of bunch of uh, live stuff. Scottish Open early thoughts. Coffee golf.
0: Is is Cam Tringali the
1: best player in the world? The incongruity of waking up to like Cam Tringali (laughs) threatening sixty at the Scottish Open. I was like, ah, this can't happen. We can't have this. Uh, Just like, can this be the Barbasol? Not the Genesis, uh, or not the Scottish Open Genesis? Um, He's leading. He shot sixty-one. Leads by three over Gary Woodland and the Live Boy Justin Harding, who was grouped together. The four Live Boys are quarantined. Did you two. say?
0: Did you see? He was like, "It's been pretty awkward. It's, it's been, been pretty awkward. weird." Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any that early play is blowing like crazy. That's that's what I don't. That's what. <laughs> look, let's get back into this. But Ian Poulter suggesting there's space on the calendar for everyone. Like these guys just want to have it every which way. And like, look, I, if they want freedom to choose. Go choose, but then have consequences. And then they'll say it with one and out the other side of their mouth that they just they're doing it for more time away. While Patrick Creed tries to sign up for every tournament in the world. It's ridiculous. Is he trying to sign
0: up for every tournament in the world? I mean he
1: was on the list for this one and then he WD'd. So um (laughs) anyways, yeah, just a lifetime member though. You didn't need to play it, Justin. Uh anyways. It's blowing like crazy at the Renaissance Club, my favorite pronunciation in golf. Uh, we'll be there, what, Saturday morning? We'll be Saturday over there in the, in the area by
0: Saturday morning. Um, maybe maybe we'll throw some BP for leash before the open.
1: <laughs> get, get one of those nuts, like just toss them, soft toss. All right.
0: Um, Uh, on the beaches uh, of
1: Gullen or whatever you want to say just throwing them soft so dumb all right we got
0: we got an early taste of uh of coffee golf early taste of scottish golf uh with the draw i mean the afternoon was brutal it was really hard i think the lowest score of the afternoon was uh was kurt kidiyama our favorite guy favorite golfer to watch (laughs) the house kitty went out well he was the only one that i think shot better than 68 he shot uh 60, 66 but you know a huge advantage to the boarding where they didn't have the wins and yep. uh you know the, those greens slow down it's it's a delightful thing to watch putts come up 40 feet short because they aren't rolling 13 and, and flat you know
1: <laughs> yeah it's been looking and for some guys to be creative jt kind of dipping into his bag is that we've gotten so accustomed to over the last year plus. Um, can I compliment Billy Ho? I meant to do this for a while. The prime minister? I, I kind of love that. He's like, I, I don't know why, but he's like trying to be a world player. He left Boston, the U.S. Open, and just went right overseas and hasn't been back. It's kind of amazing. that It's endearing. I, was, I, I kind of. I remember, like they showed him getting interviewed at the BMW International or whatever it is open. I was like, "Huh, why the hell is he over there?" And who knows, he might be. And then he spends a week in London. Who knows what backroom dealing he, he's working his way to up the up the ranks of, you know, the European Tour. Maybe he'll be on the, you know, executive committee of the European Tour by the end of this. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, I got, got a. I got. I got another. I got another
0: theory for you. What? Maybe he looked at what Sabatini did. And he's thinking to himself, if I change citizenship, no, I can get on the Ryder Cup team and really stick it to the Americans. Oh. so he's evaluating. Oh, like that one. He's evaluating which European country he wants to sh- switch over to. So he's in. You know, he's got his West Ham. He's a West Ham fan. So like leading, I think Billy would play well as a, as an England guy. You know. Yeah.
1: Anyways. <laughs> Just compliments to him. I mean, just trying to be—you know, hes he's shot seventy-five. He's five over. He's not in contention, the Scottish. But I—I I, I don't know. I—I I applaud him for just going over and posting up in Europe for five weeks. I think it's going to be maybe six weeks. So interesting, different tack. But uh, I love Billy Boy he's trying to be a world player and a world citizen. Um, all right, anything else, Scottish? Good. This is the event of the weekend to watch. That's what Is we it? want to see. You're,
0: you're, you're taking my event of the week. I didn't. No, de- I mean it's the best player event
1: of, of the week. Are you gonna watch the Bridgestone senior players?
0: What's going on in that?
1: Has it started
0: yet? Has it kicked off yet?
1: Guess There's who's no in cut? In, What's
0: gonna be the spread? Is Larry guess Nelson who's in playing? danger of
1: being the spread? It's not. Who's in the Larry Nelson spot? The guy who may be preoccupied. He may be preoccupied. Still out there trying to find the real muggers, the people who mugged him in Hollywood. Al-P. seventy-eight, eight overs.
0: He's not going to be. be he, he's, he's two worse than Dan
1: him. Forsman, who was the Flashback Friday subject from whatever, the 1980 <laughs> 75 maybe, 85 John Deere last week. 75, Forsman, I think. Feel. Yeah. Um, Ricky
0: uh, Ricky Fowler Sr.
1: <laughs> Chaka leads at the Bridgestone Sr. Oh, where
0: Cheka. Of course, of course. I mean, what's the best case scenario for them? It's an Ernie win, right?
1: Yeah, I saw a bunch of guys bounce. Fred Couples, Furick, like some real guys actually.
0: What if Phil was teeing it up there? (laughs) Just
1: that Firestone wailing away. I mean, Phil might not be as competitive on the Champions Tour as he was. He he doesn't seem like real competitive at anything right now. My favorite part of the, the week in Akron, by far... Will be DL3 getting the Pelly Ips. In his press conference yesterday, he's railing against Liv, railing against the defectors, and he calls him Scott Pelly. And the friendly robot brought this to our attention. I just love this. The Pelly Ips are a, a real thing. You've even got Davis Love the third calling him Scott Pelly at this point. That's a high point for me in, in this show,
0: in my opinion. You and DL3 uh, have something you can bond about. I think a lot of people
1: struggle now with it. Uh, at the Barbasol, Ricardo Gavea leads. He shot sixty-four, along with Adam Svenson, who's, you know, been highly touted sort of prospect for a while. They both shot sixty-four. Or I'm sorry, Svenson still has a few holes left.
0: Should we, we analyze around. what's going on in that tournament? No, why? I was just curious, you know. We, we you could... know a
1: spot gets in the Scottish Open. Really? Or I'm sorry, the Open Championship?
0: No. Yeah,
1: they're one, one, one spot. Who I don't know if they have anybody qualified. JT Poston is playing, I guess. I don't know why he's playing. What a disaster. He's not. But yeah, what are you doing? Are you flying out of like
0: Lexington Lexington.
1: to Chicago and then Accra? Like, where, what's going on there? Be a
0: triple connector. One guy. So maybe, um, maybe, well, if you win. I, it, presumably anybody wins and then they're probably spending a ton of money to just charter something. No. One guy.
1: How much do you win? Like a million bucks? The char Oh, the people. I thought you meant Barbasol, the shaving cream charter. There's no way that Barbasol. No, no,
0: I'm not saying they're chartering. Okay. okay. That right. kind of stinks that we lose that. The deer shuttle, I guess, but the, the Scottish is way better. It's worth it. You know, yeah. but yeah. this is a, here's this is kind of a perfect point to the live thing, right? If lives kind of going to be entrenched, and I think we're past the stage of, of anybody realize or anybody denying it being around next year, if if 14 PGA Tour uh, events die so that we get a bunch of Genesis Scottish Open Riviera type tournament when the tour is on. Yep, that's not the worst outcome.
1: Yep, yep. It's not. It's not. Yeah.
0: And then yep. you could have the weeks of live. You could have corn fairy PGA Tour mixers.
1: Yep, yep. All right, that does it. this Friday. Uh, Thursday slash Friday episode. Anything else you want to get off your chest before we depart for Scotland? We good. Uh, Bummed to see
0: JJ Henry's firing a even par round in Lexington. Yeah, in Nicholasville.
1: I I want to make sure my geography is right. All right, that does it. We'll talk to you all Sunday night from uh, St. Andrews. Can't wait. Enjoy your weekend.